Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Fraser. I'm Will. I'm Kay. And this week we are looking at Season 2, Episode 24, Dark Victory, in which a power cut at 1901 results in some impromptu therapy for the Crane household from a beleaguered Fraser. Key, in this episode, they play a game of I'm the oh, dullest God. person. <laughs> I want to ask you, why are you the dullest person? Oh, what God. is the, the most basic fact about yourself that you haven't done, that everyone else has done, that you could shock listeners with today? I don't know. Um... You can just oh. take some time to ruminate on it, and I can just edit out the, the thinking time <laughs> if you want to really, <laughs> really think about this. Okay. What if... God, this is surprisingly difficult. I know. I was trying to think um, for myself, actually, because I used to have a few. I mean, like never having beans on toast was a classic, but classic. now I have it every week. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a convert. I feel like I could, I could do it with films. Like, I've never seen all of Star Wars. I've never seen all of Indiana Jones. You've never seen Bond, as we have come never across seen many Bond. times. Those um, are pretty. Those are pretty good. I think you'd earn a lot of coins in a game of I'm the dullest person with that. Yeah, I feel like I could just go through a list of films and TV shows that I've never seen. Like with you, I just I've never seen Gilmore Girls. You're going in. So. Um, yeah, exactly. You're earning my coins. Um, I mean, have you have you played like the drinking version of this? Like, because this is called Never Have I Ever, isn't it? In the UK. Yeah, um, I've played Never Have I Ever once yeah, or twice. Which tends to always go down a particular path. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is just, yeah, whereas this, this is a very tame version of what we've played on many uh, many nights out. And stuff. Very prep school version, isn't it? Like Very prep school <laughs> version. Um, I'm trying to think what mine would be. Mine would probably be film or something. I mean, for years it was like, had never been on a roller coaster until probably only about seven seven years ago or so it was the first time i ever went on a roller coaster obviously people wow. go on them when they're kids and it was yeah. air at, um at alton towers the one where you're, you're flying um yeah. and that was amazing i mean how are you with roller coasters I'm, i haven't been on a roller i haven't been to like a theme park in probably a good 10 to 15 years we should That's... so do that in the summer <laughs> that would be awesome throwing little kids out the way get, we <laughs> get out of the way don't you know where we're from <laughs> we're listening <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, have you been to Alton Towers? I think I've only ever been to Drayton Manor off the top of my head. Drayton Manor was decent because it was so much cheaper than Alton Towers. Yeah. Um, Alton and Towers it was fairly close, as I remember, to where we lived. It is, yeah. It's, it's yeah. really close to me. It's like literally 12 minutes in the car or something. But Alton very Towers, specific, isn't it? it? Is. Most would say 10 or 15 minutes, <laughs> 12, 12 minutes. Um, Alton Towers is immensely better than, than yeah. Drayton Manor. Um, but yeah, there are. Uh, we should definitely go to one if you've never, you haven't been in 10, 15 years. <laughs> Do a podcast live on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to you live from Oblivion. <laughs> That's the fact. Oblivion is the one ride there. I never, ever go on. I refuse to go on that one just because it just terrifies me. It's the one where it's like, it comes to the stop and then has yeah. the massive drop. Do you know the one I'm talking about? To me, this sounds like every roller coaster. It, like, it like comes up really slowly to a point, and then it stops and tilts you, and it's basically a ninety-degree drop into the ground. Um, and yeah, it's too much for me. It's too much. God. Um, but there you go. You're the dullest person because you've not seen Star Wars, Bond, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. Um, you would clear up at a game of this um, in the in the Crane household. Shall we jump into Trivia Corner? Let's go Trivia Corner first, Joe. Let's mate. do it, man. Let's stick to tradition. Okay. Glasses um, are off. I'm taking it serious. You took the glasses <laughs> off. <laughs> um, okay, let me just find Hamish's questions because I know he sent these over on Facebook this week. Um, so bear with me here. Okay, okay. Are you ready for Hamish's questions this week? I am ready, hopefully. Maybe, Excellent. possibly. Maybe, possibly. possibly. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe the glasses will need to go back on. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, question numero uno for you, Mr. Leahy. Why does Niles need some place to go and die? Go and die? He, yeah, he says, he said, it's a, I don't want to give you too, oh, give too oh, much Oh, is this, yes, oh, okay. Can. He went uh, down 19 floors. He couldn't get his car out because the doors are electric. And then he came yeah. up 20 floors and now he, oh, and like a woman was mean to him. And I think there were scary people outside. Yes. And there's um, one specific. Was there a dog involved? That's the one. That's the one. Bad because there's a bad lady upstairs from Frasier with a bad dog. Yeah. Need place to die. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well played, Kim. Well played. Okay. I like this one a lot. And this is, this is pretty tough. So don't okay. kick yourself on this one. What is the link between this episode and Paul Simon, the musician from Simon and Garfunkel? I'm pretty sure Garfunkel appears in the credits at the end. If that counts, does he not? Did he? Was he not one of the people at the um, who's been calling? Was it, it not? That is the connection, but it wasn't Garfunkel. I was, was it Paul for. Simon? No, no. <laughs> uh, it was uh, someone in Paul Simon's life. Oh, I'm not, not going to know this. Um, not Garfunkel. <laughs> okay, why don't I just name everyone I saw? On if you can, credit? if you can remember some, yeah. That Kevin one. Bacon was on there. John Lithgow. Um, I'm not going to say the last one because that's one of my questions for you. Okay. Um, that Mary Steenbergen. There's, I'm looking for a woman here, and if this is any help to you, we spoke at length last week about how much you hate The Shining. She's in The Shining. Duval? Shelly Duval, Shelley Duval Shelley. yeah. I was going to say Shirley Duval, but yeah, I'll go with Shirley. He was married to her in the 1970s, so wow. a real, like, thinking outside the box question. <laughs> That's there. very outside the big box. Big fan of that, Hamish, big fan. And also absolutely love Paul Simon. Um, I've got two of his albums on vinyl above me right now. So I genuinely thought you were looking up as if to say a prayer to him. Then, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I pray nightly to Paul Simon. <laughs> um, in fact, let me just, I'll get a screenshot of this for listeners. Here is um, Graceland. Best, best album you'll ever hear. Okay. If you've okay. never listened to Graceland all the way through. It'll change your life. Um, uh, okay. I'm the most boring person because I've never <laughs> listened to Graceland all the way through. Ting! <laughs> okay, question three. What is the irony of Roz threatening to call Amnesty International? Another bit of a meta question here. Is it because the phones aren't working, I'm assuming? It's not, not. It's a more specific... Oh, okay. That, 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 that makes sense, yeah. Um, I don't know, because he's, he's... That's not, a really good Niles, answer, actually. Niles' cell phone is working, isn't it? So I, I suppose the phone lines aren't necessarily down. That's yeah. It was a good, I don't know if you're different with a house phone. I think yeah, it's a good, a good, good as guess as any. But it's, <laughs> it's 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 more meta than that, and more ironic in terms of Amnesty International. Is Amnesty International is it an international tra- charity, so that it wouldn't apply for domestic stuff? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know that much about Amnesty International. Neither do I. Actually, yeah, I know it's about little. it's like abuse and human rights violations. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and it's about like getting got weapons off the streets and things. Yeah. And, um, um, is it because they don't have weapons? Is it? <laughs> it is literally Perry Gilpin is a member of Amnesty International. Oh, okay. There I you go. <laughs> I don't know how Hamish knows that. Maybe it's kind of common knowledge on a Wikipedia or something, but a good question nonetheless. A Very real, a real meta bag today. He's gone for <laughs> you. He's gone for you. Um, and we have a question from Caitlin, aka Hothouse Orchid, who says, What is Frasier doing when the delivery person shows up looking for Roz? This is a is that the moment where he's taking his headphones off? And then, and then he, and then he picks up his briefcase. I think he's putting things in his briefcase. He does take the headphones off, but I believe that's before the delivery man arrives. But you're on the right lines in thinking of that kind of action. Like, okay. he's, he's not like you know sneezing or I don't know. <laughs> he's not sneezing. <laughs> I don't think I'm. When does he ever sneeze other than Fraser Crane's day off? I don't know. Okay, he's taking the headphones off. I think he picks up a briefcase and he's putting stuff in his briefcase. Mm-hmm. And does he do when they show up? 
Um, I'm struggling here, mate. <laughs> I, uh, it's not the briefcase, then. It's not him putting stuff in a briefcase. It's not the briefcase, I'm afraid. Taking st- oh, is he maybe putting his coat on or something? You're so close. He's adjusting his tie. Oh. I think I think he's doing the classic little... I, I spent the entire time trying to read what was on the box that got delivered. Because it says Seattle something. I can't work out the second word. Oh, I wonder if it's like Seattle... It looks no. a bit like work or wash or something like that. I thought I saw a W at the start, but... Oh, I but it's got the, the brick of cheese in it. Um, <laughs> I wonder if it's like... Yeah, that's weird. I wonder if it's like... Do you think it's a courier name on, on it? Possibly. But then if it's come from Wisconsin, it wouldn't have Seattle on it, would it? If, they, if you had the delivery address... Oh, oh, I see. The, the address is what you were seeing on the side. Well, I don't know. I just this on the box. It says Seattle something. I'm not sure what the second word is. Um, it's interesting. If any any other eagle-eyed viewers have got that out there, let us know. Do you want to hit me with your questions, Key, before we bring things to a close of MK? Yeah. So um, obviously, we've we've mentioned already the uh, the list essentially of credits of all the guest callers over the run of the series. Who is the last actor slash actress? Could be a man or a woman who appears. Um, in this little credits, but I so annoyingly I, I I paid attention to the to the to the credits, and I feel like the last one is on the tip of my tongue. I feel like I know it. Um, obviously Mary Steenburgen was close toward the end. Um, she was. She was near the end. She was like penultimate, or maybe the third from last. Um, oh God, could you possibly give me the initials, <laughs> or, or or will that give it away? I don't think it'll give away. I'm gonna okay. One, I'll give you two clues. One, it's not someone we picked up on in the when, when we were reviewing. Mm-hmm. And it's the initials A W. That's A W. A W. Thank you, Kay. <laughs> A W. Oh man, that's really thrown me. Not the hmm. A W. I, I don't know this person, so that's. Uh- is it Art Warfungal? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but you could have to tell me. I've got uh, Alfre Woodard. Blimey, no, I'd never um, don't even recognise that name. Um, I, it's, it's not Alfie, it's Alfre with an Alfre. R. Alfre? Yeah. Um, and yeah. I've Googled them. It is She's an American actor, actress, producer, and political activist. Um, in 2020, the New York Times ranked her 17th on the list of the 25 greatest actors of the 21st century. Jesus, and we've never heard of her. It's high praise indeed. No, I feel very ignorant now. Very um, ignorant indeed. In fairness, I'm going through her films and I've not seen any of them. So Any kind oh, of oh, she, she was in, um, I've not seen it, but she was in 12 Years a Slave. Okay. Um, recently, she's been in Juanita, Clemency, the film Annabelle, Captain America Civil War, and the remake of The Lion King, Jeez. which was a dreadful film, the remake of The Lion King. Why? Not seen it, but it just looked like just... a tech demo for like how good CGI can be these days. I, just, I didn't understand why it needed to be remade. Just watch the original Lion King. It, it just looks like it had no heart compared to the original. Yeah, uh, that was... I'm going to sneeze, I think, for the first time live on We Are Listening. Oh, no, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, we almost had a trivia question then. What was... <laughs> we did? <laughs> what was Will doing when Kevin oh, was I genuinely out? don't think I've sneezed on, on a We're Listening episode before. Um, maybe once or twice. I don't know. It rings a bell. Um, okay, okay. What's your next question for me, brother? Okay. So what is Niles' first line in this episode? Is it you unprincipled charlatan? It is you unprincipled yes! charlatan. Yes. Great entrance, that is. Such a good entrance. Okay, and last one. Where are the four places um, Daphne has not made love? 
a roller coaster uh yes. after what we've talked about already um an elevator yeah i think the the back of a car don't think back of a car Ooh, nothing about a car no. elevator roller coaster i'm trying to think of the way she says it like on the on an elevator or a roller coaster or um <laughs> airplane okay okay so airplane elevator um uh, airplane elevator interesting you, you say elevator she is, i think she said lift she does say lift because yeah, you're the one who's... and I'm Americanizing <laughs> it all. Okay, so lift, roller coaster, airplane, and finally a, a merry-go-round. Oh wait, actually, I'll be sure she said she doesn't say roller coaster. Sorry, I thought she said roller coaster, but she doesn't. It's Fraser who said roller coaster. He's never been on a roller coaster. Yes, it is. Does she say merry-go-round? She does say merry-go-round. Yeah. So I'm missing one more. So you've got lift, airplane, and merry-go-round. There's one more you need. Oh bugger me. I think you're gonna have to give me this one, Kay. The last one is a phone booth. A phone booth, yeah. man, that would be extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> it's logistically very difficult. tight angles, isn't it? Very tight <laughs> angles and extremely kind of panoptic to everyone on the street as well. It's kind of like a peep show. But yeah, I love that question, Kay. Well played. You've done. You know what? I'll, I'll give you two out of three for that. I think you've done really well. Thanks, man. That's well not done, too bad. Well that, you've asked all yours, haven't you? What was what was the That's all three. so the name of the the, the, act, the actor? Uh, what was Nars's first line? Nars's first line. And where is Daphne? Short term memory. Good God. Okay. Um. Awesome. So let's end things. Let's bring things to a close with MK. I've just realised I haven't been timing the episode. I forget every week, man. We've been doing this for a year. Um. Okay. Uh. Where are you, MK? Where are you? Here you we say go. we've been doing this for a year. I saw your tweet. Um. About us doing for you and your poll of um, what was it? Uh, is this a good idea? Yes or get a fucking life or it's something like, like that. F off you sad actor. Then like, one or two people had voted for it. And um, honestly, right, I I yeah, did not. I don't think I voted in that poll. But there was a part of me that really wanted just to reply with me clicking on F off you sad actor. It's like the, <laughs> the next stage of the process. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Oh my god. Um, okay, here we go. So MK's trivia for Dark Victory, numero uno key. What okay. is the order Frasier yeah. helps people throughout the entirety of this episode? I really love this. And we are including yeah. the KACL caller. Okay, so we're including Caroline. We are, so yes, she is. She so is she's first. number one. She's number one. Now, what's the definition of help here? Because he then lets he offers Roz to come to their place, and that's a form of help, really. Well, I mean, without just handing the answer to you, Roz is next. Because because specifically, I think when they're in the apartment, she is the first person that gets the the monologue with him. Um, But Roz is next. Okay. I'm looking for four more thing names after this. Four? Four. After Roz? After Roz. Because that is kind of the the running... That is kind of the... There's Niles, Martin and Daphne, but not in that order. That's not my order. Who's the fourth person? Who's the fourth person? I might have to give you a clue of that one, but why don't you try and puzzle out the order of the three you've just named because they are indeed the next three names. Okay, so Caroline first, then it's Roz. Then he helps Daphne, I think, because he's with Daphne in the kitchen. Daphne leaves the kitchen just after Martin comes in, mm-hmm. so he then helps Martin. It's then Niles. You've got you've got it five out of six, and then the last Are we name... counting Eddie with the belly rub? Yay! Okay, man, that is a really, really good answer, man. That's so, so good. Yeah, exactly the right order we were looking for. Eddie is a tough one to remember, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good, that is. I mean, oh. Okay, 
What three distinct items are used to stifle the darkness caused by the blackout? So essentially, what are used to uh, to provide some relief from the darkness? Okay, well, I think they must use matches, I think. Uh, or, or at least Daphne uses a match to light a lamp. Yeah, I've got hurricane lamp is one okay. of them. A hurricane lamp. It's very, very clearly like a lantern type thing. Is there like a candle? A candle is one. So no one the uses other, a torch, do the they? The other one, you're going to be like, come on, kick yourself. No, I didn't do anything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what is the what's the what's the focal point of the, the apartment that could provide some light? The moon. Does the moon count? No, I, I love that. That's very romantic. <laughs> <Outside the> moonlight. <laughs> not like you know, something something um not something man-made. Something man-made. Man-made. Yeah. The studio lights. <laughs> they won't work, I'm afraid. I haven't got I should know this. This is oh, I'm enjoying just sipping this cup of tea here while you uh <laughs> while you agonize over the answers. I don't know. What's what's the other one? It is the fireplace. The fireplace. The fireplace. They like the fireplace, man. And it looks so cozy, man. So yeah. choice, as Ferris Bueller would say. Um, have you seen Ferris Bueller? I have seen Ferris Bueller. Thank yeah. God. Thank God. I thought you would. You've got a bit of an 80s thing. You like 80s films and stuff. So, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um, what caused Niles to fish for Maris by using Prozac as bait? Oh, it was the last time. The bad weather caused all the lights to go out, and there was a yeah a specific just... type of weather that sent her scurrying under the Not bed. Storm was it? Yeah, what kind of? What kind of storm? Um, so hurricane. What's what an element <laughs> of storms that's particularly scary? Wind, a windy storm, <laughs> lightning storm, <laughs> lightning storm. To be fair, lightning's not scary to me. It's kind of cool. Thunder I... is terrifying. No, I, I quite like both. I quite like just sitting lo- in and listening to it. I love just... being inside listening to them, but I still think there's something so awe-inspiring about thunder. It literally sounds like the gods having a fight above you. The difference like, between me and you, I'm like, when I hear thunder, I'm like, oh, God's moving his furniture. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, they're having a massive battle in the Coliseum somewhere. Um, okay, question from Niall, Niall Marsh. How many okay. times did Niles call Maris honey on the phone? He's like, honey, honey, honey. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, okay. Honey, honey, honey. Hun- Are we counting hun? Does no, he say hun? I don't think so. I don't think hun we're counting hun. Honey, honey. Not to try and I mean, skew your results. I'm, it's going to be three or four. Comedic effect says three or four. This is a man who knows his dramaturgy. <laughs> like if it's too long, if he, if he said it more than three or four times, I think it would cease to be funny. Mm-hmm. And just once or twice is not funny. Mm-hmm. So it's three or four. Um, I'm going to say four. Okay. Take a bow, my Is it four? It's four. Well played. <laughs> honey, honey. Honey, uh, honey. Uh, okay, question from Missy Callis to bring things to a close today. What are the names of Roz's aunt and uncle? Okay, the uncle is Ned. That's definite. I'm sure it's yes. Ned. The well cow haberdasher, I think. The cow haberdasher. <laughs> I love that line. And the uh, the aunt, I think, is it? Is it? Is it? It's even like Libby or Lizzie, something like that. Is it? I'm going to accept your first answer, Key. It's Libby. Libby. You have done very well in trivia <laughs> corner this week, Key. Very well indeed. That's uh, other than forgetting the fireplace, which I think is fine. You got the order of the help. You got the the honey. You got the lightning storm. Really, really good. Really, really good. Um, no, I didn't get lightning, to be fair. Well, I got no, storm. You knew it was I a went storm. with windy storm. Windy storm. <laughs> I'd love to see a storm that wasn't windy. Like how that would work logistically would be quite amazing. Um, shall we hop over into the review, Key? 
Yeah, let's do it, yeah. Can you remember what the animation was, please? I week? think, quite uh, appropriately, it was lights coming on. Yes, it was, and I hadn't even thought about its appropriateness, but that's such a good such a good point. What would have been really good is, you know how they, they it starts dark and they come on? For this episode, have it starting with them on and then sequentially and then go off. going off. That would have worked. Man. That would have been really cool. <laughs> and all they have to do is literally reverse the animation. It would have required no extra work. Um, but yet, see, why weren't we on well, the show again? Really digging into the animators again, aren't you? Why, why, <laughs> why weren't we on the show, man? Um, Roz, lovely little line in KSCR from Roz here, and she just says, amen to that about spending time with someone who you find dry and long-winded. And um, specifically two years as well i mean apart from the fact two years of frazier yeah really good actually um two years of frazier and also i'm trying to i didn't i haven't actually looked when we put our first episode out but listeners will have seen i did a one-year anniversary i reckon around about now is probably bang on the the one year do you reckon do you reckon it was yeah, about, about that yeah so we're on the, the 16th of january 2022 listeners feel free to to send this crime to us. <laughs> to tell which one of us you find dry and long-winded. <laughs> Possibly both of us. Um, but yeah, I really love Ross's little amen to that. Um, and a great line from Fraser here, one of my favourites in the episode. Can you predict what you think I've picked? Is it there? the mental banjo? Yes, I'm feeling you've said that to me quite a few times at some stage. Just to me your mental banjo. <laughs> Just honest to God, man. That, that line and one way down in the series and he's trying to hire a new intern. Um, and it's between Kirby and that guy called Lucius, who plays the Shamasa. He's like, it's it's like um, it's 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 like a lute type instrument that you pluck with a spatula. That reminds me of this, just like the little little delicate plucking imagery. Honestly, that absolutely ruins me, ruins me so much. The line from Roz here always found a bit strange when she's like that's what i love about you fraser you work hard and you play hard yeah does the line seem really forced to you it seems really weird for me because one he doesn't play anywhere near as hard as Roz does i imagine given that what we know of Roz going out and having fun yeah and all he and, said is like oh yeah i'm glad it's friday he hasn't said oh yeah. i'm glad it's friday i'm going out to get pissed and two he doesn't work that hard he's just like three he or four hours that. a day honestly <laughs> He doesn't. His, his definition of playing hard is going to a cheese shop and then going yeah. wine tasting. And he, yeah. he neither works nor plays hard. Let's be clear on that. <laughs> conclusive, conclusive. Um, yeah, just a weird one. A weird and, one. But and I he mean, also he gets weekends off as well, which I didn't appreciate before. Yeah, it's I haven't the, thought it's about up that. Friday. I'm off till Monday. Yeah. I, I would have thought the radio industry is one where you probably do what a few weekends, but apparently not. Honestly, just the amount of work he does for the money he makes just makes right. us angrier and angrier each week. Right. It's um, a maximum four hours a day because Roz on the phone says she's on the phone for four hours a day. Yeah, yeah. And Frasier, mate, just get it pull, together. Pull <laughs> your finger out, for Christ's sake. I mean, I do, I, I, I like the whole taking, I mean, I've got big headphones on right now, uh, which listeners will see if I've, you know, put a little screenshot or something. And, you know, him taking them off when it's Friday, it's, I do love Friday feeling, you know, thank God it's Friday. How are you with Friday's key? You kind of like, they're sacrosanct to you. Or... I feel that's the one thing we've really lost in lockdown is the yes. Friday feeling. I, I preserve it internally, but... There's something beautiful about leaving an office knowing I'm not going back to the office. I'm not doing any work until <laughs> Monday yeah. morning. Yeah. Whereas... In lockdown, you can turn your computer off, put it to one side, turn on the television, and that's your weekend start. Yeah, that's it. You just have to rotate ninety degrees from the desk, and then like, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I feel no, like I, I should just have a little agree. party hat that I just put on when I finish work. Like, <laughs> I sit there in the exact same facial expression, like, 
weekend. It's a weekend. It's a weekend. I, th- I think that would be good. Okay. I think you've got to do all you can to preserve the, the the differences between what's work and what's play in lockdown. Um, but yeah, no, I do agree that we've kind of lost the magic of what is Friday. So Roz takes a delivery of a brick of cheese here. Talk to us, Key, about your your cheese love. Are you a cheese lover? I'm not a cheese lover. Okay. Wow. Okay. okay. Let's be clear on this. I am the person who for whom cheese is cheese. So okay. I see cheese. I'm like, cheese? Okay. Whereas Shannon's family, they yeah. see cheese and like, oh, camembert. Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> I Gouda. have to say, Shannon's I... family are more normal <laughs> than doing that. <laughs> cheese is cheese, mate. I don't cheese, understand. Cheese is so varied and different that honestly, you're going to offend a lot of people by saying cheese is cheese. I mean, what kind of cheese do you have in the house? Do you have like a cheese I, sandwich? Or... I, okay, the only time I eat cheese is if mm. I'm having cheese on toast. Which is delicious. Uh, a cheese and ham toasty. Classic. Which is very similar. Very, yeah, but, cheese, but it is different. It's different. I might have a cheese omelette or a cheese and mm. ham omelette. Okay. And that's it. I don't use cheese otherwise. Do you know what kind of cheese it is? Is it is it mature? It, Do you know what strength I, it is? I think it is like mild cheddar because it's, oh. in, it's, it's like the processed slices of cheese. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm going to be sick. I'm live on air. No, no. Not only is it mild, but it's the processed stuff. Honestly, we, we have one downstairs. So cheese obviously comes in different strengths. Mature cheddar. You normally get like three is kind of mild to mature. Five is mature and that's you know it's got a punch to it we've got one recently that's seven on the scale and it is literally like it is so moorish i'm just find myself just getting the slab out of the fridge just randomly in the afternoon just lopping off some slices i can't eat cold cheese it has to be warm warm (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, going cheese on toast, you're not having cold cheese. Mate. I know, but I mean, cheese sandwich and stuff like it. No, no, I don't. I wouldn't have a cheese sandwich. It'd have to be a cheese toasty. Like, I can't have it cold. God, and even insane. then, I don't want a cheese toasty. I'd need to have some ham to counterbalance the cheese. I'm not a big <laughs> yeah. cheese guy. You are a rare breed. <laughs> Over Christmas, we had like a cheese like platter that my dad had got bought from from his work, um, and it had like red Leicester on. Have you ever had red Leicester? You know the one that's like specifically like orange coloured. You've yeah. seen it. You've seen it. I've, yeah, I've probably seen it. Yeah. Okay. So that I'd never had that before. Really odd cheese because it was just weird looking, and it tastes like the cheese they use to make mini cheddars. If that makes okay. sense. But yeah, that's just a lot of cheese talk. But I, I mean, I, I do know there's a really expensive type of cheese, which sounds horrible to make. And it's like involves maggots and stuff. Oh, the French one. I think that's actually illegal in some parts of oh, France still. Yeah. But, I mean, wow. not in others. I think it's not sold on the black market. But I think they literally get the maggots to like regurgitate the, yeah. the oh man. I can't even think about that. And that just took my... And what's, what says everything I know about cheese is that that, that doesn't appall me more than any other kind of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> nothing appalls me more than maggots, to be honest. There's nothing I would ever get involved with there. Um, so I, I think I think Ros being all dorky here with the cheese language is really sweet. I like it. I just think it's a nice little part of a character. That The line earlier that we talked about was a bit, bit forced, but I think this is actually quite illuminating into what she's like. And this is actually something that really sticks with me for Roz. Actually, this yeah. scene, I always very much associate with Roz and, and particularly her going, um, I need to say, I'm Gouda. And I'm Gouda. That particular line, I don't know why, it always really resonates with me with Roz. So whenever I think of types of cheeses, if I do, because I don't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I do, I'm, which I don't. <laughs> I'm thinking of Roz, basically, and just recalling her different puns. I, I, to be honest, forget Gouda is even a cheese until I, until I listen to this episode. I don't know what Gouda is. Um, I feel like it's like a gooey one. 
Um, maybe it's just because of the name. I mean, oh, gonna, look, look who I'm talking to. You're not going to know. <laughs> it's a cheese. I know that much. It's okay, cheese. Gouda. Here we go. It's a Dutch cheese. Um, mild flavored yellow cheese. There you go. You'd love that mild flavor. It's a funny looking color. Thing it's is, though, you said mild flavor yellow cheese. And to me, that is every cheese. That is every single cheese. What about Stilton with blue, blue cheese? Like, you know, that's technically mold. You're I eating. always thought, yeah, that means it's going off, surely. Yeah, well, if it's it got is, mold on it. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm, I haven't come around to that at all. I've tried it and it's just, I'm not there yet. It's so weird. Um, I was, I was so sidetracked by cheese. I forgot where I am in the review. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to, when Ross is trying to remember what, what had come next and then Frasier, well, if I'd have been there, the same of a gunshot i mean he's being really on harsh, there, but it's, it's such a funny line it's a hilarious um, line i love it's, that line um but it's also vicious absolutely it vicious. is really vicious and obviously pro- pro- provokes you know Roz to break down in tears actually really quite sad and fraser ultimately does the right thing and he, he comforts her um switching to the apartment now That's, i never just get, to say sorry, he, he comforts her just because he can't eat was it he camembert he can and bear it, <laughs> which is really not good little good little pun. It's a good there. little line, yeah. It's a good little line. Um, in in the apartment, I never get much out of scenes where characters are shouting at each other. I find it grating and annoying, and I'm like, Fraser is such a mellow show that I put on because it's quiet and it's relaxing. I hate when like people are being like whiny and high pitched like this, and obviously it's not prolonged. It's a bit like at the end of Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, when... Yeah, but it's so much better in Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz. It is so much better. Because the payoff is better. You have them shouting, then you have Fraser and Martin shouting. Like, it's funny, but it's... Yeah, I just don't deal well with, like, this kind of, like, this loud, loud noise. <laughs> yeah. For me, this... I can understand why it happens, but one, it seems really weird to me, this scene, because, one, we've always seen Daphne and Martin get on really, really well. We've never seen any yeah. kind of... Like, the tension has always been, if any, tension between Daphne and Frasier, never really Daphne and Martin. They've always seemed to get on great. Yeah, so all of a sudden time. they're screaming at each other. And <laughs> and it's just, every other time that we've seen people argue, it's always it builds up very well. Because it's always, I think up to this point, it's always Frasier and Martin we see argue. Mm. And then you always see a very swift, it's usually at the end of an episode, there's a swift resolution. Um, and it's either funny or sweet or both. Whereas this one, there is no immediate resolution. We have to wait till the end of the episode to get that resolution. Very true. It's not necessarily that believable. Mm. It's um, so, so like, like what's the word? On the edge as well. Like she's throwing the cane around, yeah. like basically speaking to her employer almost like a piece of dirt. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, given sorry, that we know that it. Daphne doesn't really do anything anyway, why God, is she getting no. so upset about her duties and her job? She like, doesn't do much at all. I pick uh, one day every two months to do your exercises, and if you're not going to do them, I, you're <laughs> I like the, the line, like, I don't have to be your friend. I'm like, you live there? I'm like, look who you're talking to, man. You live in this lovely apartment. Like, yeah. That's just not a believable line to me. I know they're really annoyed at each other, but I don't know. It seems really forced. Like, And then I know... I won't go into too much detail because we'll get to it later in the episode that there is supposed to be a justification for it from Daphne as to why she's sort of acting out. Yeah. But I don't buy it. I just, I don't really buy into it. It's, I, I'm not a huge fan of this scene. Yeah. I just... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, I, I like ultimately the reconciliation in the kitchen, but I mean, I, I, as I say, I don't want to skip like you did, but I, I did make a note that I, she is quite whiny in this episode. Um, 
And, you know, again, it's not Jane Lee's fault. You know, I'm not just dumping on her. It's clearly just the way they've written her character in this episode is she is clearly very unhappy. But the way that's broached is in kind of bursts of aggression and then kind of whininess and, you know. Yeah. And again, I'm not going to say actually, I'll, I'll wait for us to get to this scene in the episode. Um, okay. Because <clears throat> otherwise I'm just going to be jumping ahead. But even the reconciliation, there's a point that the reconciliation I'm not particularly keen on. You're not fully so, convinced. No. Yeah. But, um, okay. We'll, we'll get, get there. We'll get there. <laughs> um, Ross knowing that it's Martin's birthday, really nice touch. Um, would she just know from Frasier, I guess? I think she sa- he says in the, the KSL, doesn't he? We're having oh. a party for my dad. Come on over. But I'd completely forgot that. Um, that that nice completely... that she brings in Valentine, though. That is like nice, she, but it completely nice undermines touch. the point. I was like, oh, man, she's remembered. That's really sweet. But no, she just got told by Frasier. I, I think it's also a really nice touch as well. That obviously, the last episode of last season... Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of your favorite episodes, A Coffee yes, of Nights. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, and that one, that is the episode where Martin says, You guys forgot my birthday. I'm, Do you remember the line? Yes, I, I was. Um, it was much better, I'm, like last year or yeah, something, when, when you, you forgot, forgot my birthday. My birthday. Yeah. So, yeah, I love that throwback, which I And I love the fact that it's the last episode of both seasons. So, it really just got that idea of one year has passed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I always like that because whenever I'm watching TV series, I always think of it as one series is one year. In that in character's their, in their life. life, yeah. Um, and oh, so like it, that actually. it has that symmetry, which I really like. Yeah, I mean, just obviously, you already mentioned it here. This is literally going to be well, one minute tangent, but when they brought back Gilmore Girls for like what was it's not really a reboot because they had everyone back in the show. Um, they brought it back about like four years ago, but it was called A Year in the Life, and there was four episodes. Each one was like an hour and a half long, so it's almost like a film. And they were like the seasons, so it's like winter, spring, summer, fall. Um, and it was literally meant to be like in these four episodes, it was a year in the life of the town, whereas previously you'd have had a 24 episode season doing that. So I liked that high concept idea, though it wasn't a particularly, it was hit and miss as reboots okay. go. Well, not reboot, it's not a reboot, but, um, you know, revival as they go. It was, uh, yeah. Um, now we have you and Principal Charlton, Niles yes. arriving, kind of throwing his trench coat on the sofa. Um, one of the brilliant all-time lines and criticisms of Fraser's job, which, I mean, we've already done yes. this episode. One of your McSessions, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your uh, fast food approach to psychiatry, and just so, so good. Yeah, it's, it's excellent from Niles. I think, uh, again, every single not line Niles has mm. in this episode is brilliant. And yeah. I say this most weeks. But I think, particularly in this episode, I think all the, for me, all the comedic relief in this episode is from Niles. Yeah. Frasier is all of the heart and he drives the episode forward. Niles is all the funny moments for me. That's very and true. Everyone else is just sort of there mm. for them to bounce off of for me. That's how I view it. But it is brilliant. And, it's, and the indignation of Niles when he comes in, not, not only is hilarious at the start, but it builds up so nicely to the point later on that we're going to get to in this episode. Yeah. Um, and I think that this arc is far more believable than, say, Daphne's arc in this episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I would also be really affronted if I was Niles. Um, I know Fraser didn't do it deliberately, but that be two, livid, you? two years of work like that kind of being un, un, you know, undone in two minutes of a phone call on a radio show, I'd be fuming. Yeah. And particularly um, as well, given that I think um, Caroline and, and Fraser on air sort of criticize the psychiatrist yeah. in question they take the mick out of him a little bit yeah i mean obviously fraser doesn't know who he's taking the mick out of but from caroline's perspective not cool Cass. Yeah. you know and it's, it just it undermines 
Niles as a psychiatrist. That's, yeah. you know, and that's yeah. really, I think, how Niles, I think Niles defines himself by his career more so than Frazier does. Oh, he does. You know, I can't remember what's the, the, the episode where he's like, you know, I'm the one who has his work printed in academic journals. Yeah. I'm the one on the psychiatrist board, you know. He I really think, was it does... author, author? It might have been, yeah. When, I think it might have when, been, actually. Yeah, I think Frazier um, suddenly swans in and gets a book deal. Yes, um, after yes. After he's worked so long for it and things That's like that. That's the one. Um, you know, and it is true. You know, he's kind of gone down the traditional academic route, and Fraser's obviously the the populist entertainment answer to psychiatry. Both they're both legitimate MDs. You know, they've both earned their their doctorates. But um, yeah, I, I I do get Niles is kind of um the offence he takes in this episode and beyond as well. Um, Daphne makes a line here now. Her line, fancy that, a member of the Crane family who doesn't take the time to do something. Doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really fit in. Like Obviously, Niles, um, I think the line before that, he's, oh yeah, the Niles, line before that, it's a funny line from Niles, based on, he says, based on what diagnostic method, one potato, one potato two potato. Two potato, yeah. Which is funny, and... Daphne's line doesn't really fit. I don't know line. what she's responding to. That's it's yet. like she's responding to the two-minute McSession, if anything, because yeah, obviously that's only two minutes, and you're like, yeah, he didn't take the proper time. But it, it doesn't really work for me. Like all of Daphne's lines just feel a little bit out of place at this stage, and it seems weird. Like it's like she's trying to crowbar back in her fight with Martin. Whilst another fight is going on and trying to distract your attention away from her. Yeah, that's. I think. I think it's. It's purely there because the writers want to maintain her. Her. Her rift with Martin, as you say. But yeah, like I. I the more I think about this line, I think it is in response to the fact that Fraser didn't take the time to diagnose this woman correctly, etc. That's what she's playing off. But it's. It's so flippant and offhand that yeah, to me, it's just a bit like mm, it's come a few beats too late. It's yeah. not quite worded correctly. I don't know. I, I feel like it's a line that should have gone at the start of the scene, but they obviously want, I think they wanted to have the comedic impact of Niles being distracted from his fight with Frazier so he can protect Daphne by saying, oh, well, don't raise your cane at her or don't raise your yeah. voice at her or something like that. So they needed that, yeah, diversion. But for me, it doesn't work because what, what obviously I think, you know, they should have put it at the start, but they didn't, they still wanted to have Frazier and Niles have the opportunity to get into their row before they move on. Yeah. Um, so they've put it a little bit later, but that's had the effect. For me, it just feels really disjointed in that you're getting a little bit of one fight, then a little bit of the other fight, then you go back to one fight, then they're all sort of melding together into a big fight. Yeah. Um, and you feel a bit like Rosin just walking out. That's <laughs> no, if I was Ros, I'd be freaking on that elevator way yeah. before you could say the word. <laughs> to be honest, just... I'd be just cracking open a can of Valentine, sitting back oh, and man. pretending nothing's happening. I'll model it for you later, Ros. I love that lot. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, my next line, I just mentioned faster than you can say power cut. How do you handle power cuts, Kate? When was the last time you had a genuinely serious one? Can you even remember? I don't remember at all. I, no. It must have been when I was like a kid or something. Yeah, but... I remember like a few where we've lit a candle on that, but they're just more the... giant inconvenience these days. All the times I think I've ever had a big power cut. I shouldn't say touch wood because yeah. I do not want a power cut anytime soon. Touch that down wood, brother. Um but it's mainly been sort of things like we wake up in the morning and like things aren't, aren't on properly and someone goes, oh, we must have a power cut in the night. And mm. and we didn't even notice. So yeah. <laughs> um, Modern life just being this insidious ghost in the background. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I don't remember the last time I had like, I, 
It must have been when I was a kid, but I don't remember any time recently. I feel like we've had a relatively big one some point here in the last five years, but they always happen in the day when I'm doing something. And it's just the reliance we have now. I mean, I, I, I don't need to say, I don't need to spell it out because it's obvious to us all. But like once you lose the internet and you lose, you know, the desktop computers functionality and yeah. your things start running out of charge, it's we are absolutely plugged in at the wall. It's... If- if my it's Wi-Fi nuts. even drops out for so much as five minutes during the day now, I'm, I'm running around like, oh my God, what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, I'm, I'm fuming, calling people, man. tell them the Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> <laughs> I get so angry. Like, even if it just drops for a little bit, like I, I take for granted that it's up 99.9% of the site. But it is, we're, we live in a world now where the internet is a utility as much as water and gas and, you know, yeah. the others. And it's that's why everyone needs it and not everyone does have it. And we're seeing at the moment with this lockdown that people's lack of internet is a huge problem um but you know yeah we take for granted the internet now is like as vital to us as those other things so yeah i mean the reality is there's pretty much nothing you can do these days without the internet like i mean yeah. that that's probably an over exaggeration but but yeah you know, i know what you mean you know day to day the vast majority of everything i do these days involves some form of device absolutely and all i mean all of my phd work is on OneDrive, which is like you know obviously cloud storage and obviously i've got it backed up on this little tiny memory stick and yeah. i've got it backed up on like a hard drive and stuff and i panic to death that one day OneDrive will fail and i'll lose everything which is inconceivable to me but you know i am kind of at the whims of of the web you know i remember um when like it systems have crashed at work and stuff right? just for a couple of hours I and mean, we just sat there going, well, we don't really know what to do. We're going to have to... It's like just a snow like, day at work. Yeah, it's a little bit. Like, yeah. I was like, well, I'll start just writing notes to myself of what I'll do this afternoon. So oh, man. Know. But we didn't know. We didn't have that a clue. That is the really... full internalisation of capitalism right there. You're like, <laughs> right, I've got to stay productive. Let me write down on this paper. Uh, but yeah, no, I think I think, I think there's a lot of people who, who will write in with similar points. But yeah, man, it's our reliance is, is kind of scary, I think. There's a really good documentary on Netflix that I've not watched, but like three people have recommended to me separately this morning, which has been out a while, called The Great... No, The Social Dilemma, which is about social network, I think, and how we're like, it's molding our brains to be absolutely effed. Um, Com- completely off topic. A documentary I would recommend on Netflix mm. is the, the, about the Challenger shuttles ah i think it's called the final flight or something like that that's pretty cool um but if, if, if you're into like the, like space or anything like that i'm a big space fan mm. <laughs> just generally i see it up there I'm a big, fan. <laughs> big fan love what you're doing <laughs> um but it is really really interesting and um yeah it's very very fascinating man you're gonna love the docudrama episode way down in the show then when they do yeah. the, the space documentary that's so you should present your own mini space documentary within the episode <laughs> i would love that i'm trying to think of little novelty things we can do for future episodes i've got a few in mind but um so yeah i mean i put like blackouts in a city i think have a have a real romance to them compared to like if you're out in the middle of nowhere and it's just a bit scary in the city everyone's in the same boat there's a really good like um like critical book i've got somewhere and there was a chapter on like power cuts in new york in like the 80s and 90s and how it completely changed social spaces like people were just out on the streets and talking to one another when previously they never would have and the way like you know people like gathering in doorways and kind of you know almost sheltering there's nothing to shelter from but just the way these little kind of pockets of community built up just because of the lack of light it's like really interesting how it changes how you use space 
Yeah, I think it's really interesting. All it takes is a little event to be a novelty, and all of a sudden people come together because it breaks down social barriers. Or that, yeah. Or when when something is no longer the norm, it's like you have the opportunity to suddenly transgress it a little bit. Yeah, and you yeah. can you know ordinarily I wouldn't talk to a stranger, but the lights are off, so I will. And it's, yeah, it's yeah. you know it, because something's slightly different, you you can as you say transgress the norm a little bit. I really like that. And it's um, obviously this, but also Friends. Obviously, did a blackout episode. I like um, that episode a lot, actually. Which is, it's as you say, it's very romanticized idea of a blackout and things like that. But in that one, I think Chandler meets a model or a Jill movie Goodacre. Star. I think Jill Goodacre in a, in a yeah. vestibule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the vestibule. Jill Goodacre. <laughs> Gum would um, be perfection. <laughs> quite good perfection. Perfection. <laughs> um. um Sorry, you carry on. Oh, no, no, I was just going to repeat what I said, to be honest. Go, go with me, perfection. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Louis XIV was not fake. Everyone wore garters in the <laughs> in the 18th century. Um, Ra's here just saying how she has her own sense of style, which, I mean, we've seen her apartment at this point. Does she have her own sense of style, or does it look like every apartment we've, we've kind of really seen? Um, Pretty much just a bit of a mess, as I remember. Just, it like, looks a lot just... like Monica and Rachel's apartment in Friends. It's kind of it's quite comfy and homely, big furniture. Um, whereas Frazier's is obviously the opposite of that. Although I really like Frazier's apartment, and when you know in the right lighting with a fire on, it does look kind of cozy. I wouldn't immediately think it's like homely and inviting. Um, no, it's 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 very much in like some ways it's quite sterile. I'd say yeah, there's big not, time, big time. Yeah, there's not that much of a homely element to it. Mm. Um, so I mean I, I can see why Ross is, is going for the jugular here and a sense of style um, the Fraser shouting Silence on fun yes. I, I think this is actually a line I've used a fair bit jokingly with friends and stuff in, uh, in, in waking life we talked in the Simpsons episode about quotes we use in real life I reckon this one's crept in a few times um, just a great great use of French in a very aggressive way um, and you know Fraser gets everyone to shut up um, which I really like have you have you ever wore a slumber mask okay I don't think I ever have a. Well, I mean, I mean, I've worn like a, just like an eye mask when I've well, really that's, that's, I mean, that's I'm, what I'm. I would yeah. never. I'm not admitting to wearing a slumber mask. Um, <laughs> I wore a manly eye mask. <laughs> I mean, when have you worn a there? Like when you're on a plane or something? Um, when I was basically um, when we first moved into the flat, we just had we didn't we had these very very thin curtains. Oh no. And they're basic. Uh, there is a specific name for them, but they're in this because I'm in the spare room. We still have them in the spare room. Yeah. Um, and so even when it's drawn, it still lets the light in. And we moved in in like August. So six, like 6 a.m. in the morning, the light was streaming in on a Saturday oh, morning. No. I was like, I'm not doing this. So I had to find something. And I tried a sock and that didn't work. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. I got an eye mask and, and it was great because I just push it up and then my hair was out my face and it was great. God, <laughs> man, it's just real versatile piece of kit from the sides of it. <laughs> um, I love this line now. I think this is a really underrated throwaway line from Frasier when Roz and Daphne are getting the ice creams out the freezer and he's kind of watching them <laughs> through the through the party. She's like, oh, there's really no need to worry, ladies. The freezer will keep them cool for 24 hours. I just i don't know why but it seems slightly out of character for him because he sounds quite dorky and like socially awkward when he says it um, it's so the, funny it's like... the fact he's watching them through the <laughs> cupboard as well and we've talked about that partition and how like it, it, it you know i can't remember what episode it was but how they don't make enough use of that interesting the um the candidate where 
I think um, it might have been because of the fourth wall and stuff being yeah. yeah I think it might have been the episode and this is a great example not that you know far away from that episode of it being used really can't you know comedically well I just love that line yeah and it's just it plays off so well with Daphne and Roz and they're like they don't just shut up and, yeah just shut up <laughs> um it's just that he completely just doesn't understand them and why they want it it's, <laughs> I love it I mean, are you an ice cream fan, Kira? This is another one of your. I quite like ice cream, actually. You quite like? I quite like ice cream. It's not much I... to not like. <laughs> <laughs> like. I'm I'm someone I like to have a top. I'm not necessarily have ice cream. Mm. I might have it like once a week. I might have it less frequently. I have it very infrequently, to be honest. But I do have like I do try to have like a tub of ice cream in the flat at any one time. That's a good like, roll. We have a though. we have a tub of raspberry ripple in the freezer right now. Nice, very um, very classic flavour there. Yeah, very classic. That remote that just feels very British to me, even though it's got absolutely no British connotation. Raspberry <laughs> ripple to me, just yeah. think I, like childhoods and. I feel like everyone just ate raspberry ripple when you were kids, and then oh, I, you, you grow up like. and you mature into different flavours. But raspberry ripple was always the original flavour. You grow up and you mature into mint choc chip, objectively oh, yes. the best flavour ice cream. <laughs> oh, um, that's controversial. It is. I mean, I would love I mean, to hear people's favourite. Ice cream I quite like Neapolitan ice cream. Wow, um, that's you love to hedge it. your bets, don't Shan, you? Shan hates it, so I'm not allowed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed it, but, but it's um, it's lovely. Yeah, and you, it, you can mix it's it up. Both worlds, you know. Oh, strawberry. Oh, chocolate. Like wow, <laughs> I've got to see you eat some at some point for this live commentary. Um, Niles references here on the phone about costuming the servants for the living chess match, um, which just sounds incredible to be honest. Because I mean, I'm a big fan of chess. We're getting up to chess pains next season. Um, I just would love to see a living chess match in action. How do you take a piece? Do you forcibly physically attack them off the board? I mean, I how think does you that... have to. I think you just rugby tackle them. You've got to get into it, as far as I'm concerned. You've got to knock them over onto the board. Um, I think that would be fantastic. It would also be really funny if you had enough friends to like each one of you be a piece and then have like a a captain, you know, actually playing. I just think that would be hilarious. uh, I also think it would be even funnier if um, rather than the conventional rules of chess, like Mm. you can just take another piece. You go to take another piece that they can defend, and whoever goes down to <laughs> mix mix chess with sumo wrestling, basically. Wow! If they're stronger than you, then you don't deserve to take the piece. <laughs> uh, well, that was a poorly considered attack, now wasn't it? <laughs> um, at this point, they start playing. Um, I am I am the dullest person. The the timing of the coin sound with Roz just chucking it in while the camera's still on Frasier. Amazing. Um, really, really nicely done here. Um. Uh, just yeah ultimately a joke where you know where it's going but it doesn't make it any less funnier for that um you kind of you see this coming a mile off but but Roz is just still so great um and you get a very funny it shouldn't be funny because he's kind of slut shaming but it's a funny line i know from, the line from niles uh when she says i was finding myself and <laughs> why don't you look under the nearest man <laughs> that is such a good line but it is <laughs> it is doing that classic slut shaming which they love to do with Roz here um again it's the 90s so it would not it wouldn't happen now um, but you know, we're not here to police what wouldn't wouldn't happen. I just think the apartment at this point now kind of thins out after they've played the game. People kind of peel off into different rooms, and obviously they're still suffering their own strange anxieties and depressions. And um, I like the piece on the balcony of Roz and, and Fraser out there. And um Fraser cracks a joke too, and I can't remember what 
on out on the balcony. I don't know if you can remember. Um, um, I don't know what it, I feel like. He makes a little a funny little. He makes quip. a joke about Wisconsin. She's like, "Oh, look at the streets, all dark and deserted." It reminds me of Wisconsin. He's like, "Oh, that's on that's on the license plate, isn't on it?" On the license like, plate, such a good line. Um, that's what I was trying to remember. But yeah, I, I like the kind of the piece of the two of them out there. Um, again, we don't see the balcony used that often, so that's quite nice. Um, and yeah, I just think when they go back in, I think Roz is really great at this point. I really love her monologue. Um, again, really revealing, quite disarming, just expands on what she's like as a character a lot. It's kind of the most we've had to do with her for a while now. Yeah. Um, and I think Frasier, you know, we still have time for one more caller. I just think that's really, it could be cheesy, but it's not. I think it's it's really great because Kelsey can carry that kind of cheesy line, but make it good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just think this is a really nice interaction. I mean, one thing I'll just say that we um, didn't mention, I think the actual visual of the lights going out in the apartment in the blackout, I love the way they do it with, with Martin blowing out the candle, everything so, going yeah. out at the same time, and just Nas's line of, oh, there's nothing wrong with his lungs. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with his lungs. I um, think someone said, someone mentioned that actually on Reddit as their favourite line, I think. Um, yeah. Or was it or was it you? I can't remember. No, it must have been. This is the first time I've said it. So yeah, it, it wasn't It, it must wasn't be on me. Reddit somewhere. Um, but it's a very funny line. It's very well done. It's really good. It's really um, good. But coming back to Roz and Frazier, I agree completely on the balcony. We need to see more of it. Like you want mm. to see. It's so there's so much possibility there, isn't there? You know, it's just that intimacy. I think. Yeah, and um, I think out of all of the reconciliation, shall we say, and all sort of these moments between Frazier and one of the others, I'd say the one with Roz is my favourite. I think easily. It's it's probably. I think Perry Gilpin is probably the the best in conveying her arc and how she's feeling, and and it's yeah. completely understandable as well. Her she's one, homesick, you know. Yeah, yeah. She, she's homesick. She's, uh, I think, evaluating herself against other people. Maybe even Frazier, you know, and thinking I don't have as much money. I, you know, I'm maybe not where I, I thought I'd be at this stage in my life and things like that. And and everyone else's expectations of where they think she should be in her life. You know, the assumption. Are you married? Do you have kids? Your job? You know this. Um, and it's something that I think is just really relevant until to you know for everyone even today. You know, it's it's, it's something. It's an element of the show which hasn't faded or or aged. You know, in in the sense that it's still the problems that Roz and Daphne and Martin and Niles, but particularly I think in this episode Roz is having, are still problems that people are having all over the world right now. And and Fraser's advice is still completely relevant. Um, to them as well so i think it's a really beautiful scene actually it really resonates i completely agree um particularly on the point that it's my favorite reconciliation of the of the episode i just think yeah and yeah it's so relatable the thing she's going through so i think that's why it strikes a chord um we have the cow haberdasher line which yes. is just phenomenal um <laughs> i mean I might, there's my bullet point about finding daphne slightly whiny in the kitchen space but ultimately there is you know I mean, there is a reconciliation, but why is Frasier so keen to keep her around? You know, he's like, oh, you know, perhaps you like it here. You know, perhaps, yeah. you know, you like it here as home. I know Frasier's a good person, but ultimately he's living with his dad already. I don't see why he's so keen to keep another, str- not stranger, but another person in his like bachelor pad. Um, and yeah, I, and you, there was a point earlier, you said there was something you didn't quite wash with you here. Um, yeah, not necessarily between Frasier and Daphne. It's actually when... Just slightly after this, when um, Daphne and Martin have that little interaction, she goes, uh, he says, oh, what do you want? And he sa- and she goes, oh, um, happy birthday, you old sod, and kisses him. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't really like the way she does it. 
I just I find it a bit weird. I, I know what you mean. Like the way she's like, yes. As though it's still very aggressive, like, yeah. happy birthday, you old son. Kisses on the cheek, but he's still quite weirdly aggressive. And I just, I don't know. It just, I find it a bit weird. The way she, and I, 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 I don't know, maybe a little bit cringeworthy. I'm not, it's, I'm not a huge fan of the line. I, I think I'm with you there. I do think it's a little bit cringy. But ultimately, I guess time is money here and they had to quickly just reconcile them too and it's just like right well let's just let's just do this um See, I'd, I'd rather she just when he walked in like maybe she gets him a valentine's from the the fridge mm. gives it to him and says happy birthday hugs him and just kisses him and walks off i don't yeah think it doesn't any, have to be this dramatic moment like it, no i don't think it needs to be as you know dramatic as you know as you say as dramatic as she makes it Mm. And I think they missed a trip with, you know, Martin getting his own beer. I think it would have worked better if it was a bit more subtle, Daphne maybe getting the beer. And that's, that way she's showing that she appreciates his needs or wants. And, and yeah, I'd have, I'd have preferred it like that myself. But we'll see, I, think, we'll I, think, I, I think that would have been much better. Um, you know, I mean, Martin kind of, you know, saying how he, he, he wants to go to Europe and how, you know, his hips and pains and they're maybe never going to get better. And um, this doesn't wash with you. Well, <laughs> I, should you say, a face. I should say um, I like I like this episode. Okay, and yeah, I, know I really like this. Episode, it really actually. sounds like I don't, and I hear myself, and it sounds like mm. I'm just completely attacking it. I'm not. It's a really good episode. It is. It's just that for me, it doesn't. It's, it's very good as a standalone episode. I would say it doesn't always, however, fit into my long-term view and development of and the canon of the show. Yeah, it just I don't see these characters that I know that I've been watching for two years acting this way in this environment. Mm -hmm. Um, If I didn't know them, this would be a fantastic episode. Um, But like, for instance, you know, Martin, he was given the chance to go to Europe. Frazier wanted to take him away. And he went, I'm American. I should see America first. And he wanted to go to Old Faithful. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and now now all of a sudden his lifelong dream was to go to Europe, but he turned down the opportunity to do it. I had not even thought of that. Um, <laughs> that is a really good point. I already it was a bit of a sketchy scene. I'm like, is this a believable dream for Martin? Like, you know, more believable for me is like, you know, him wanting to like hike Yosemite or something, you know, or, you know, hike up to the Half Dome um, or just go through a national park um, because of the, I want to see America first. But yeah, like, you know, and obviously we have the little bit in a in, in a minute with like, you know, in, in Paris, Valentine is imported beer. Like there's this whole image of Paris. Like this doesn't appeal to Martin. Surely Martin's not a ro- romanticizer of Paris. It's got, you know, I, no, he I hates, can't. he hates, I mean, for want of a better term, he's a pretty xenophobic guy. He likes <laughs> Americans. And I don't really see him empathizing with a European country at all. So yeah. No, I I see him as a sort of bloke. He'd he'd go on a holiday domestically. He would stay within yeah. America. I don't really see him, and it, it's just that you know we've never heard this dream before, and all of a sudden we're meant to be invested in it because Martin is invested in it, mm-hmm. and and it's just it's a two minute moment, and that's it, and and that's why he was all upset, and it's just it doesn't really again it doesn't if if I didn't know Martin this would have worked for me it would have resonated and it would have been like, oh. You know, in a different stage to Roz, whereas Roz is worried about where she is with her life now, mm-hmm. Martin maybe is looking back on his life with regret. And you could have done that really well. Yeah. But the problem is, is that it just doesn't fit into what I think they've been building for this character over two years. And therefore, you're not, I don't, I'm not invested in it. That's my thing. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Um, I mean, his hip pain as an issue, I think, is is believable and, and relatable, and they should have maybe hammered that in a different way. You know, um, I probably talked about it before, but like years, a few years ago, I had really bad right hip pain, and I had like two ultrasounds and two MRIs, um, an X-ray, everything on it basically, and there was no idea what was causing it. Um, and I think it was essentially because I used to drive an old KA. And it was so low down that I think I was just the posture of when I was driving it was just wrecking my hip because as soon as oh, that car got wrote off, um, and then as soon as I got a new car and it went away. But there was a point in my life where literally I, it, sitting down anywhere, it would cause just this really numb, horrible pain. I was like, "Am I going to have this for the rest of my life?" And it was like, it was it was awful. But it just went away on its own. Um, really strange. Like you know, it's not the same as what Martin's got here, but you know, it's comparable in some ways. But I get you know. And the thing is, as well, is, okay. What are you going to say, here, Geeks? You've got a you've got a wry look on your face. <laughs> let, let's be honest. Martin's hip is meant to be much worse than it actually is to the audience. Like, yeah. When we see Martin, generally speaking, he's not that bad. He can he's still skedaddling around like roadrunner. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel if Martin wanted to go to Paris, that'd be absolutely fine. Um, mm. Especially if he took someone like Daphne with him. He's got someone with him. There's no problem at all. So that's nice, true. I'm not. I'm not convinced, to be honest. You're not convinced. Well, okay. Maybe I'm slightly more uh, getting hoodwinked by the the drama here than you are. You've got a, you've got your shields up. Um, I really like which Roz. I, I really like Roz and mm-hmm. Niles's. I'm just not necessarily buying into everything that Daphne and Martin do in this episode. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. Um, we have Niles coming back at this point after his altercation with the the madmen and the muggers on the streets. Um, though I think that's a Roz line. Um, the dog that lives above Frank. Asia, etc., etc. Um, and yeah, I just, I, just, I like, I like the reconciliation between the two here. You know, when like Nas says, um, "Of course you're right. Why do you think I hate it?" When he's on about like the advice he's giving him, really accurate concession from Nas there. You know, we hate being told something about ourselves that's correct, and you know that's where you get defensive about it. Um, and you know, I just think Nas's response here is so realistic and so true to his character in ways that maybe other parts of this episode aren't true to their characters um yeah i think it's really raw and it's really honest from mm. niles in this scene and that's what i like about it this sticks true to his character and it makes complete sense is that everything you know and you can understand as well why niles is a bit more aggrieved than the others i think he has a legitimate reason to be a bit annoyed at frazier for what's happened yeah, yeah. um but then there is obviously this underlying thing of, you know, we've said he defines himself by really his career. Mm-hmm. And in this one particular client, he's failed. And that's difficult for him to take because... Big time, yeah. You know, when you when you define yourself in that light, then you, you want to be right every time. And and especially when, you know, he's always been in Fraser's shadow and he's always trying to live up to Fraser. When it's Fraser pointing that out to the client that he's wrong yeah that's that's even more difficult for him but it's a hard pill to swallow i mean niles ultimately does the right thing i guess and frazier isn't exactly rubbing it in his face because he he didn't know but it is you know it would be really you know i'm i'm a prideful person like niles it would be hard for me as well to say you know someone in two minutes points out two years of my own failings um and you know just because it didn't work doesn't mean niles was a bad psychiatrist which maybe he thinks so, but maybe that's what we're meant to believe he concludes here. Um, I don't know. It's it's a weird kind of... I'm interested to see how he's rationalising in his head, ultimately. The one thing I do find weird about Niles in this episode is that he's so 
he looks forward to going down to the party with everyone else. Yeah, he's not a partier. I can't imagine, you know, cold beer, Carlsberg, barbecue. (laughs) Yeah, barbecue, man. He hates barbecue. Um, Yeah, maybe this is like, is this an example? Or we, I think we're giving way, I'm giving way too much credit here where perhaps it isn't due. But we talked about power cuts changing social mores and people transgressing things. Is this an example of like, it's a power cut, things are different now? in this space and time is Niles embracing that or is he just kind of doggedly following Daphne down to a party or possibly I think either of the two are valid justifications I think you might raise your eyebrows at them and go "Mm, okay yeah but they are an argument there is only a justification I think for his actions so I don't think he's as out of character in this as you know for instance I think Daphne is in this episode Mm -hmm. um but again, I wonder. I, I don't want to be rewriting the script here. I wonder if perhaps it would have been better if Nas was going to stay with Frasier and Frasier's the one who, who asks him to leave so he can be alone or something like that. Mm. Um, with it drumming in that Frasier then helps everyone except himself and maybe something like that. Some kind of idea going on there. I think that would have been good. Um, I do think, I mean, my, my kind of almost last bullet point here is I think Frasier is very taken for granted in this episode. I think it's very obvious that he is an extremely compassionate, comparing person. And he says, literally, I love you all um, when they're about to go out to the party. And I just think they're all really quick to, and blind to what he's done for them that episode. And I think it, it almost risks before his great monologue it almost risks undermining the entire episode because I'm just like, how are they being so oblivious to the help he's given them that they're just going to go down to a party? And the fact they still go, even though he does want to be on his own, it makes sense. But, you know, ultimately they are taking him for granted here. I think he's a, he's a, he's a great person to have around. And yeah, they're maybe not the best to him. Yeah, I mean, what we see of Frazier in his episode is the best of him as a person. Massively you know, so, yeah. Certainly up to this point. And... They are just all very quick to dismiss him. We're like, yeah, we're going out. And and even even if someone and then obviously we have this really beautiful emotional outpouring from Frazier as to how he feels, how he cares about them, and his own struggles. Because it does, it does his his problem makes sense, you know, the fact that he takes on the responsibility of other people's problems and making you know, not, not not necessarily making decisions for other people, but thinking, how do I help resolve this? Thinking for them, yeah. And then it's emotionally exhausting and draining for him. Mm-hmm. But no one else is there to pick up the slack with him and help him in that situation. And and even after that, you know, speech, okay, yes, he, he says, you know, you guys can go, but they're all very quick to leave again. No one really makes an argument for, no, no, we, we want to stay with you. So it does, I feel sorry for Frage actually a little bit in this episode because he helps everyone else and no one helps him in return. Yeah, I just think you have to be really robust as well to like to to bear the burdens of other people in the manner that he does. And it's not just his profession, you know. He he says, you know, in the cafe on the street when he gets home. Yeah, he is he's constantly kind of people are orbiting him all the time because and a lot of like the, the girlfriends he has over the course of the show, they 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 note the fact that they know he's a great listener and that he's a you know that kind of person. That's what draws them to him. And again, it's like, you know there's there's kind of two personalities to him kind of at war with one another all the time because he is naturally like that but then also there's a kind of exaggerated version of that where he's you know he has to be really forthcoming and caring and um yeah i mean we're not gonna i'm not gonna i'll I'll save this all this discussion for actor pick because it's it's a tough one for me this week um but firstly key well i just want to say i think this is a really very underrated season finale um 
I yeah. although we've we've kind of picked apart what we think of the issues, I really like this episode. Yeah, um, let's be clear. Like, I don't think it's as good as Coffee with Niles season no, one. Certainly season not. Certainly not. But it is a very strong season finale. It's a very strong episode in its own right. It's a really yes, it beautiful is. standalone. Yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful standalone episode. It's a beautiful ensemble episode where we really get to see a little bit of the inside of every character sort of thing, you know. And, you know, Ros and Daphne have more to do in this episode than they had in like 90% of the episodes today. Big time, big time. Um, so it's really nice in that sense. And there's a lot of positive. It's a really quite heartwarming episode the way as well. If if, if you take it from how Frazier goes out of his way to help everyone in his life. To oh, I think about, it is, yeah. Very heartwarming. So there's a lot of positives to it. It's just I don't really feel it fits in with the development of the characters. That's the one thing that, for me, lets it down. But it is a really strong episode, and I really do enjoy watching it. It sounds like I've torn it to shreds over the last hour or so, but um, no, I am a fan of it. No, I'm a big fan. Is it in your top 10, Kay? This makes it seem like I've contradicted everything I've just said. But no, it, no, it, it doesn't. Top 10 is um, a very sacred list. No, it, it's, it's not in my top 10, but it is a no. very good episode, and I do rate it. I am completely in agreement with you, everything you've just said. And I think this will probably be high up in our in our season recap, I think. Um, it will be up there for me because everything you've said in, in terms of it being a, a heartwarming ep. Um, actor pick this week, it was so, so tough for me this week. Um, I The more we've talked about it, the more I think I should be picking Frasier because he's the heart and soul of this episode. Everything orbits him. Um I just yeah, I think I think my brain should say Frasier, and part of me wants to, but I'm going to stick with what I originally picked, and this might be a bit left field, but I've gone with Ross. I thought you were going to go with Ross because I just loved her two little monologues. I love her in KACL. She's really realistic. She's really human. It's believable the kind of homesickness she's going through, and then the little monologue that she has with Frasier. I just think yeah, this is just really touching, and it's great for their character development their relationship development um yeah i just think ross seals it for me and she doesn't have as much to do as frazier but she she's the other character that lasts in my head when i think about this episode so yeah interesting for me um coming into it i you can write off daphne and martin they weren't in Mm. consideration for me yeah um and coming into it, I was thinking, okay, well, it's either Niles because he's purely the comedic relief. He, all the funniest lines, I think, generally are Niles's. Mm-hmm. I really like his indignation, um, his line, you know, then that emotional sort of element of him with the end and the vulnerability that we see. I really like that. But does he have enough to do in between to justify best acting? Whereas, as you say, I completely agree with everything we said about Afraid. He's the one who drives this episode. He's the heart, the moral compass. He's all the really touching moments are because of him. Um, and it was actually in the episode, actually, it was the first time I really started considering Roz for the choice because of that really beautiful scene on the balcony and when they come inside, uh, which I really like. But I'm going to stick with my original decision, which is I'm giving it to Frasier because nice, nice. As you, of everything you said, the, the episode revolves around him and he pushes it forward. And for that reason, I think I've got to go with him. Um, but just in terms good one, yeah. good of pick. the summary of where we're, all, we're both at. Mm hmm. Um, so I have gone with Frasier 11 times, Lilith once, Roz twice, Niles 10 times, and Martin five times. In comparison, you've gone Frasier 13 times, Lilith once, Roz twice, Niles eight times, Martin three times, Bulldog once, and BB once. There we go. So a there bit of variation. Starting There's to some variation now. there. And I do want to say as well, because, you know, just to 
I feel like I have to defend my position on Daphne most weeks because people think I hate her. I want to be clear. Martin is bottom in my contention this week. Like Martin was below Daphne in terms of because he he barely does anything. All he does is say quack quack and and then the bizarre Europe section. Um, You know, I, I I just think yeah, I think Martin was below. Below in but contention. he does blow out the lights for the entire city. He, so he, does, he does do that. His lungs <laughs> are fantastic. Kennedy Burlinky, what would he make of Dark Victory and how does he handle power cuts? Oh, okay. Kennedy Burlinky. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on the spot with this every week. Um, I think Kennedy Burling. I don't think I think he loves power cuts. I he think that cuts. he's he's the man who he becomes the de facto leader of the town immediately. So, so he's yeah. walking around handing out supplies, but in return for those supplies, you accept the Kennedy Burley leadership period. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of adopts the darkness as his own, he's, doesn't he? He's the man who's hoping for a dystopia because yeah. he knows he'd thrive in that environment. <laughs> very Machiavellian, I think. I think no, I think it's a very, very good description. I can see him kind of giving out rations. Here's a flash. I've got a spare. Remember where that came from, okay? When when things go to hell. Um, when we're that... having to eat, Bill. Okay, you remember <laughs> who gave you that flashlight. You remember that. Um, thank you, Keith. No further explanations needed. All that's left now is to play a little game of Who's Crazy Anyway before listener mail. Um, okay. I've got a couple of little, a couple this week because they're kind of different to the usual format. So okay. one, who uses the word pig in this episode? Um, it's used once. And no. secondly, while you're thinking on that, the word cafe is used twice in this episode by the same person. By who? Oh, God. So slightly interesting ones this week. So first, let's let's start with pig. Who says pig? I'm gonna I'm gonna load up the script just so I can remember. Um, oh God. Okay. It's it's a, it's in a very very specific weird line. Is it particularly okay? So it's noticeable, is what you're saying? Is it's, that... it is noticeable? It is noticeable. It's like it's the only line being spoken at that time. Um, it's not like it's it's kind of getting lost in the din. Okay. Um, right. And the other, what was the other line again? Uh, gonna... The word cafe is used um, twice by the same person. That one's slightly. Oh, I think I might know the cafe one actually. Okay, cafe. Have... I, th- I think cafe is Fraser. Because mm-hmm. I, I think he says to Martin about how he's sitting in a French cafe. What and he doesn't go around Paris, but Paris goes around him. Or yeah, something like that. But perfect. Fraser is who uses cafe twice. I think pig. I can't imagine. The only person I can imagine saying it is Daphne. I can't picture either. I imagine she must have maybe called Martin a pig or something like that. But I can't mm. picture any of the others calling each other a pig. I don't think I don't think it's eloquent enough for Niles or I feel like I feel like we've heard Ross use it in previous episodes. Have we? Not trying to swerve you there, but oh. she does talk about the animals of Wisconsin a lot, okay. Are pigs big in Wisconsin? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I, I think I don't think I think Martin's too nice to call Daphne a pig. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really fit. That would be really out of order, I think. Uh, I don't I think Frasier and Niles are both too eloquent to call anyone a pig. Roz isn't really in a fight with anyone in this episode. She's not going to go at anyone, so I can't see her calling anyone else a pig. Mm-hmm. Whereas Daphne is a bit whiny and complaining in this episode, so I can mm-hmm. see her calling someone a pig. So I think Daphne calls Martin a pig. 
it is Daphne, but Ooh. it's in a much more benign uh, context. When they're getting the ice cream out of the freezer, she says, yum, 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 scrum, pig's bum. What? When they get the ice cream out. It's like, I don't know if it's like a British saying. I've never heard it, but As says, Brit, I've never heard that phrase at yum, all. Yum, yum, pig's bum, or, or yum, scrum, pig's bum. So there you go. But it was Daphne Keyser, well played. Uh, it's it's, re- it's really bizarre, to be honest. It's really that is weird. bizarre. Um, shall we jump over to Listener Mail this week? Uh, yeah, let's do it, yeah. Excellent. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so for listening to Mal this week, um, we've got quite a few. As usual, because of our own confusing schedule, they're kind of split across multiple Reddit posts. So it is possible you might not have yours read out. Uh, if that's the case, we're really sorry about that, but we try to get to everything. Diane on line seven put, love the podcast and congrats on 50 episodes. With a third lockdown upon us, I can't wait to catch up on all the episodes I haven't heard. I look forward to hearing more of the oddities and asides you guys pick up on that I've missed. Despite having seen all the Fraser episodes a zillion times, Although my favourite part of the podcast is your collective man crush on the man, the myth and the legend that is Kennedy Burling. Not that I blame you. The more I learn about him every week, the more I swoon. (laughs) I agree with you about Tom Duran. I would have loved to see more of him as a semi-regular like we later did with Kate and Kenny. I reckon the reason we didn't have more Tom was probably availability. Eric Lutz got a season regular role on the little remembered Caroline in the City around that time. You probably know anyway, but Caroline in the City is, I think, the only show to ever feature a Frasier crossover, though it was only a 15 seconds or so scene of Niles and Daphne in Fraser's apartment. Wow, that's cool. I did um, not know that. That's, no, it's awesome. Th- there was another episode where DHP guest stars as an original character, which is well worth a watch as he's fantastic in it. Google tells me there are a few other connections between the two. <coughs> James Burroughs was director on Caroline in the City, etc. One of its writers is now David Hyde Pierce's husband. So there's some fun factoids if you're trivia nerds like me. Um, unfortunately, they end their comment with up the warps. No, um, I'm not having that. We can't have that. <laughs> they, uh, Cam Winston immediately replied up the villa in bold underneath it. Um, for those for those who aren't British listeners, Wolves are another Midlands-based football team, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Not strictly Villa's rivals, but um, you know, they're another Midlands team. So we have a little bit of a, a little bit and of And we've a both got a friend who's a big Wolves fan and so for me it's a rivalry because of him yes (laughs) yes yes massively so um but yeah thank you Diane on line seven I'm fairly certain that's your first ever comment I don't feel like I've read that username out before but if it's not apologies but yeah great to hear from you uh next up we've got Reclia who says in respect of Dark Victory um I simply love how seamlessly the story moves from Roz to Daphne then Martin and finally Niles it's so organic and each talk Frasier has with everyone feels the same way an excellent season finale, ending with an equally so speech from Frasier. Best line has to go to Niles, who says right after the lights go out, well, there's nothing wrong with Dad's lungs. There we go. So it was Reckler I was mentioning. And also, I just want to say, um, because this is mentioned elsewhere, Reckler was also very adamant that Pepto-Bismol is disgusting. Um, don't be so eager to try it, she tells me, because it's vile. Um, the pink can be alluring. Uh, I've never actually tried it, but I am, I'm really, I'm more inclined to try it after these comments of warning than I was last week. Um, well, reverse psychology works I think it on is, you, doesn't man. it? I just, there's something, it's a bit, I'm a bit like a kid being told not to, you know, press the button. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you, Reclia. Um, there might be another comment from you. Uh, we will see when we get onto the other thread. Attempted high five. Has it been mentioned yet? That Americans call sausages and beans beanie weenies. I think it has been. Um, yeah. I can't remember who mentioned it, but it has. I had those again the other day. You love them, my second guy. Big fan, Keith. Told you, told you. They weren't the Newgate one though. Which oh. is, that, is that the brand that you Newgate? Yeah, that's the one. I that's my yeah, go-to. Yeah. That's your go-to. And where did you get them from? Aldi. 
Uh, Lidl. Oh, Lidl. We go to Aldi. That's why. Um, when an American friend told me that I laughed for a long time, it makes sense to call them that, really. I'm pretty sad that I found no decent veggie alternative. You guys made me realize that A, Tom is in this app, and B, the word bitch has been used on Frasier. What a world. I'm not quite sure which threw me more. That and I expected this app to be this to be the app where we see Frasier change agents and Martin be pecked by an actual crane. When you have a dirty job, you always send a Mormon. I think that's a zoo story, isn't it? The one with the uh, the crane pecking. Yeah, I think think so. I think that's yeah. season four or five. I think. Um, I donated to the coffee and requested bone kickers at last, but I have a feeling I didn't pay enough. Let me know if I need need to. Uh, I'm not sure. I need to check the donation, but I'm sure it's absolutely fine. Um, we have a little schedule now, so we're going to try and hit one a month. I think. Um, I'm not sure what will be next. I. Th- I have a feeling um, the It's Always Sunny or the Keeping Up Appearances or the Good Place might be the Good Place is next. Um, It's kind of hard to remember the order. Hopefully people won't mind if we don't get to them super in the the right way. Sydney Aspasket. Oh, yeah, it's UK. Yeah, so Sydney Aspasket. Dearest Will and Key, uh, I've been a fan of this podcast as long as you're aware. Uh, However, this episode was fantastic and possibly the most enjoyable to listen to to date. The banter between you guys was amazing. The Amish joke is still making me laugh about 10 hours later. Will, you killed me with that remark. (laughs) I believe Agents in America is in reference to Tony Kushner's play Angels in America, uh, which two parts premiered separately in 1991 and 1992. Agents in America plays on this and makes it a third act. Uh, Key was brilliant in point, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) Key was brilliant in pointing out that it was also indeed uh, BB's third appearance. Very clever writing. Keep up the good work, gentlemen. Outstanding. From the desk of Sydney Aspasket. Excellent. Uh, Mischief Knight put, I actually like Gordon Ramsay a lot, more than most American celeb chefs. It can be cathartic to just watch him cut through the bull and say how it is. I'm looking forward to the next season of Howl's Kitchen. And I agree with Reckley about Pepto being vile. Don't let the pink colour fool you. It helps, but sometimes you start to wonder if the relief is worth the taste. Sometimes too, because of the bismuth in it, I think, it can sometimes turn your tongue black, which is a shocker the first time that happens. That's alarming, man. That is. <laughs> it, this sounds like some dark... Dark magic. I'm gonna be honest. If it's turning my tongue black, I'm not gonna be using it again. It's <laughs> not gonna be. It's not gonna be a good look. Like, is, is it like for heartburn or for like stomach aches? Basically, like yeah. I think mostly for to settling and an, a bad stomach. You know, um, I'd rather spend the night in the toilet than, uh, than <laughs> have a black tongue. I'll <laughs> just take a book into the toilet and be there. I'll just say, take my uh, take my chances. <laughs> Um, yeah, brilliant. Thank you, MK. And we've got some more comments to read out for Dark Victory for you in a minute as well. I think uh, next we've got Argo Gargo Goop Goop. Um, I really love how I'm really getting to grips with this you name. Are, <laughs> you are. Um, hey guys, I uh, love it when you bring up something I never realized about the show in spite of having seen it several times. Key's theory on why this episode was part three is truly inspired. Yeah, I'm you're loving, getting the plaudits this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, incidentally, the title is probably a play, pun intended, on the Tony Kushner play Angels in America uh, and points out the same reason that yeah. um, just mentioned above. Um, since Will mentioned watching Desperate Housewives, and we all love BB, uh, recommend you watch The Five Mrs. Buchanan's uh, full one and only season is available on YouTube, which was created by the same guy who created Desperate Housewives. Harriet Samson Harris is similarly hilarious in this, and her character definitely has some echoes of BB in a good way. Argoo Goop Goop goes on to point out how Frasier sneered at um, Daphne's soap, but was later hooked on a trashy miniseries, which he described as downright Dickensian. <laughs> um, and Ross chimed in with Angie Dickensian. <laughs> um, 
And since you bring up the name Sloan, remember that in season six, Cassandra, um, one of Frasier's love interests, was seeing someone called Sloan, and Frasier sneered upon hearing that name. He did. Uh, definitely agree with you that Jane Leaves shined in her relatively brief appearance in this episode, loved her triumphant strut back to the kitchen after throwing Eddie his fat-free tea biscuit. Um, DB, BB was often mocked, but almost never owned throughout all of her episodes, but Daphne, uh, Daphne definitely got the better of her there. Uh, looking forward to your recap of Dark Victory. May I suggest you guys play a quick game of I'm the dullest person? Ah, well, you kind of got your wish a little bit with the opening uh, opening monologue there. Um, August 4th, or Org 4th, but it's definitely Duran, according to the credits. I meant to bring this up earlier, but didn't want to call you out if I were just mishearing you. Oh, this is because we didn't know if it was Durant or Duran. It's Duran everywhere online, though I'm still in my head. It's Durant. <laughs> um, also, the previous card-playing episode, 40-something, had KACL's transcript saying it was Canasta, but the words they were using, 15-2, indicated they were actually playing cribbage. I remember someone mentioning that actually in the listener mail of that episode. So people know their card games. What is cribbage? I don't know, but it's the one. I know any of this. I know Jim Rummy. I know Texas Hold'em, and I know Snap. Okay. <laughs> um, cribbage is like the one where you have like pegs, I think, in a board, um, and you like as you as you earn scores, you move the pegs in like a separate, like it's kind of like a peripheral piece of equipment you need to play. Um, sounds a lot like Battleship. It's actually meant to be really good. Um, bridge as well. Bridge, I hear, is it really Isn't interesting. Bridge really complicated. I think it's pretty complicated because you have like bridge clubs and stuff, and you have like yeah. you know big like tournaments and that. But I'm, I, I I'm too scared of like the old. Women who were like, you're enjoying our bridge club, mate. They'd absolutely destroy us, man. We'd have no chance. Um, okay, a few more listener mails to read out from the Simpsons episode we put up, just so we can we can we'll try and see if there's any um any people we didn't read out from previous ones. So Tahitian Vanilla, you can read that out key right at the bottom, and I'll just quickly paraphrase a few here. Um so Eddie Dean, who we have heard from before, just told us the Budweiser frogs in The Simpsons were a Super Bowl ad. I guess the cause alligators must reflect the writer's beer choices. So we, oh, that was your um, inclination, wasn't it, Key, that it was a, that it was an advert? So and they put a link to it as well. Um, but yeah, something that weird um, had to be. Um, I'm just going to read out. Um, mk's comments for the simpsons actually because he obviously he picked that episode um he put gents so well done don't be sorry for all the tangents that's what i was excited for and the fact we got trivia for both eps felt like a four finger discount for me so sucks to the law i thought i knew the simpsons pretty well but you guys put me to shame i think still think it'd be funny to riff simpsons one day that would be awesome Corey. my line so hard to pin it down just thinking about it when i was young i used to put fun quotes on the walls of my bedroom and simpsons quotes dominated i think more recently if my wife tells me what a show that a show or event is going on, I've forgotten. I start to reply with, I'm missing it. Just like Homer does when he finds out he's missing the chili. I I'm love, missing the chili. I love the way he's literally sort of like, t- like just bouncing on his like toes as he's doing, I'm missing the chili cooker. <laughs> I'm missing it. Um, since you brought up Homer and Kevin from The Office, I went to an office convention in Scranton when I still live there. And the, ex- the exec producer of The Office, Greg Daniels, also wrote for The Simpsons, said that Kevin was The Office's Homer shield, which was an interesting term, but he said that pretty much every writer wants to write a Homer Homer. And if you make the Homer character the main focus of the show, then you end up just writing ways to make the character dumber and dumber and you lose the heart of the show. And since Michael Scott was supposed to have a somewhat sweet naivety about him without Kevin, they might have lost the character in dumbness. So they just adjusted Kevin's character to be the Homer shield for Michael, which I always thought was fascinating. I absolutely love that. I think that's so interesting and makes so much sense. And as a huge fan of The Office, Michael Scott is so far and above the best character 
character in that show for me at least i'm so glad that they didn't do that and just go homer on him um because he does have a naivety and a, a heart to him which homer does as well but michael scott is clearly smarter than homer but yeah great great observations from mk there uh so in terms of comments then we have tahitian vanilla at the end um, I've, I have to admit, I've never been a fan of The Simpsons, but I could listen to you guys talk about any show and laugh out loud. Nah. A bit of trivia, I live 30 minutes from Springfield, Oregon, uh, which Matt Groening said was where Simpson was based off of. He grew up in Portland, as I'm sure you know, so there are lots of stops in Springfield on the unofficial Spring Simpsons tour, including a life-size replica of the couch with all the characters on it that you can have a photo up with, and a mural and a plaque signed by Matt. There's wow. some other fun bits too, like the fact that one of my brother's company's clients, a huge uh, mill that they are subcontractors for, is called Weiserhauser, um, which is said to be the inspiration for the nuclear plants in the show. Wow. As always, great show. Had me laughing out loud, never having, um, never having even seen the episode that you were reviewing. Man, fair play for listening. If you've not seen the Simpsons episode, I just think that's a really, really good commitment from the listeners there. Tahitian Vanilla, thank you. Um, because I would struggle to enjoy something like that if I hadn't, I had no idea what they were going on about. Um, but yeah, really good. Um, loads of great comments there. We haven't had time to read all of them out. I just am aware that this episode is is running quite long at the moment. Um, and the comments are kind of spread far and wide on Reddit. So um, we'll try and get some. If you didn't have yours read out this week, we'll try to remember next week. Um, next week, it's Morning Key's favourite time of every season. It is the season recap where we go into our virtual coffee, Cafe Nervosa. We rank all the episodes. We talk about our favourite bits. Um, I'm really looking forward to that, Kay. So am I. Are we still keeping the same three names for the tiers or are we going to change them? We want to change them on something from this episode. So the club maybe would be a good... I think she'll keep it a surprise, but we can have a think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking the club might have something in it. That episode... Um, Oh, the seat of power, maybe. I think there's there's going to be something we can play around with here for yeah. sure. Um, so we'll uh, we'll look into that. But yeah, I'm just so excited to, to just rank the eps. And, it's, it's like I say, it's like last day of school. It is. Like, it's I love those that you're thinking in your toys. It's and I kind of round like kind of ramp up the background ambience a little bit, so it sounds a little bit more like we're in a coffee shop. And I just I don't know why, but I get a kick out of doing that as well. Um, but then after that. In two weeks' time, it will be season three, She's the Boss. So we have the appearance of Kate Costas. Me and Key have already made our feelings about Kate <laughs> relatively clear, but we're very excited to, to see her episodes regardless. Um, as it's Any episode that I think is weak is infinitely better doing it on this podcast and chatting it through with you, so I don't mind. Um, but other than that, I've been Will. I've been Key. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.